imagine how many times I've done this. Introduced Lynn Wheeler. I'm not saying that we go way back. But I remember when I was a Chickasha youth pastor, or youth pastor in Chickasha, Lynn was a youth pastor at Crossroads Cathedral. And we all thought it was so cool because he was like in his 20s and single. And, and all the little girls wanted to be with Lynn Wheeler and, and know Lynn Wheeler. And then he grew up and became an evangelist. And Lynn's literally traveled all over the world. And, and um, in fact, when we, Jason and I were considering coming to Moore back in the 90s, um, there's only a couple of people that I sought counsel from, and Lynn was, was one of those guys I called and said, man, you know what it's like to be a youth pastor? You go to all these churches, what do you think? What should I do? And he walked with me and helped me, and he's been my friend for years and years and years. And i got to just say, can I just tell you really honestly, sometimes I'm a little nervous handing this pulpit over to someone, but I have absolute confidence in my friend Lynn Wheeler. He hears from God. He's got a word from God for us today. He's going to share with you. And you introduce your wife? All right, Lynn, come on. Let's make him welcome. Love you, man. Bless you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Randy. God bless you. What an honor to be back with you at Covenant Life. Been here a few times. I always uh, want to ask how many have been here when I've been here before and you you know me. Would you just acknowledge? Okay. How many have never seen me in your life? Lift your hand if you've never. Wow. Keep your hand up. Everybody else tell them I'm a great guy. Would you do that? Come on. Come on. Well, that didn't take very long. We need to. We need to stretch that out a little bit there. Anyway, it's, it's good to see some old friends and make some new friends today. I don't know about you, but what a powerful worship time we've had in this place today. Thank God for that. Thank you, worship team, for uh, giving your talents and gifts to the Lord. They truly led us to the throne today, and I'm, I'm thankful for that and, and to be in the presence of God. You've been wanting to do this all service. Why don't we just take a moment? Why don't you lean over to the person you're sitting next to right now and just ask them, how does it feel to be sitting by the best looking person in church today? Ask them that real quick. How does that feel? Huh? You've been wanting to do that. All right. Wonderful. Well, I can tell by the looks that some of you got that didn't go over real big. So we'll, we'll just move right on. I'm very honored to have my wife, Diana, with me today. She doesn't get to travel with me every week, but since we just live down the road in Yukon, she did make the trek across Oklahoma City with me. I want to introduce her to you. Diana, would you stand? This is my wife and very glad to have her with me today. Very glad. Also, I don't want to get very far into any introductory remarks without pausing and talking to this church, letting you know how much that Diana and I love and appreciate your pastors, our friends, Randy and J.C. Morgan. You are so blessed to have this couple as your leaders and your pastors, and I want to honor them. Thank you for letting us be a part of this. We love you guys, and uh, we're just blessed to be a part of what God is doing. How exciting your new youth uh, pastors are, are coming. I actually know them personally, have worked with them. Uh, I'm probably one of two people in the room that know where Rattan, Oklahoma is. It's, it's a little spot in the road, but I'll tell you, I've preached in that church many years down in southeast Oklahoma, and just a great supernatural youth ministry, but you know the church, he said the town's 300, the church is 200, so that's, that's two-thirds of the people, folks, that's, uh, that's really good, so very excited about, you, about that and uh, the future here uh, with them, just a great, great couple that we know personally and love and appreciate. 
uh, also want to just wish happy Thanksgiving uh, to you. Your pastor asks you not to eat as much as he does. I'm going to challenge you to do that. Just go. To, I just want to release you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Just, <laughs> you know why I'm doing that? Because I plan to. Amen. Amen. Everybody seems to be going fast forward. People want to skip Thanksgiving, get right to Christmas. Thanksgiving's my favorite, folks. I just want it's family, food, and football. Hallelujah. I'm. <laughs> I'm just anointed today. I feel it already in in this place. We're going to look to the Word of God in just a moment. I got to tell you, though, before I even take a text, I I don't get to preach what I wanted to preach today. I had a conversation with the Lord. I really wanted to preach something else. I felt like that I had my thought for what God wanted to say. But the Lord's taken me a different direction and the way the songs have lined up and even some of the words and exhortations of our pastor today just really connect everything. And so that blesses me to know uh, that even though it's hard for all of us sometimes to give way to what God wants, it sure is a lot better that way. God bless all three of you that are with me today. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's much better that way. So that's... That's what we're going to do. In fact, I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we take a text from the book of Isaiah today. Just grab your Bible, iPad, iPhone, ever how you look at the Word of God. Isaiah, the ninth chapter this morning. Verses six and seven. From these verses, you'll catch a little bit of uh, the holiday season. We we read these a lot during this uh, time of year. Isaiah chapter 9, starting at verse 6. I'm reading from the NIV. If you carry a different translation, it might might vary just a, a, a little bit. Scripture says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. How many know him by those names in this place today? Do you know him? But aren't you glad he's wonderful? Counselor, Prince of Peace, he's a mighty God. We know him by those names, don't we? Verse 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Since this particular line is our springboard and our line of emphasis today, I want to read those words again. Of the increase... Of his government and peace, there shall be no end. There is no end to the peace of God, ladies and gentlemen. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Lord, I, I, I realize this today. I, I realize that Covenant Life Assembly does, does not need another sermon from another preacher today. Lord, we need a word from you. We'll admit that, God. And I, I'm asking you to roll back the heavens right now and speak to us. We need to hear from you today, Lord. So that's why I ask publicly before these people that... Lord, if there's anything that I've planned to say that is not divinely ordered by you, I pray you'll erase it from my memory. You'll 
take it out of this message. And Lord, if there's something that I've not planned to say that is divinely ordered by you, would you prompt my heart, prompt my spirit to speak your words today? And Lord, it's my desire to hide behind the cross and speak the words of the almighty God today. Lord, on the other hand, for those that are about to receive your word, I also pray an anointing upon them, God, that they will be anointed to receive today, that that the words will not just be merely words today, but they'll penetrate through our ears into our heart and into our spirits today and they'll be life changing and and I echo the prayer uh, of our pastor that's already been prayed today Lord would you change lives in this house today but you were going to give you the glory in advance for it in Jesus name and all God's people said amen you may be seated if you promise to amen the preacher oh wow we're going to have a time today yeah This is going to be fun. Everybody sit down. Good. Going to be fun. I know some of your note takers. I intentionally try to be very easy to follow because I want you to have some things maybe that later you can go to refer, chew on, study out, whatever you'd like to do. So I'll be easy to follow. Entitle the message, if you're taking notes, Peace Busters. Peace Busters. We just read a text that I had read and even committed parts of it to memory. But there is that line I read twice to you in verse number seven that really jumped out at me from the words of the prophet Isaiah that to the peace of the Lord, there will be no end. His peace is everlasting. Let me ask today, how many men our fathers, would you raise your hand, men, if you're a father? My next question is, how many of you men were actually in the room when your children were born? Would you raise your hand if that's the case? Okay. All right. The men were there. Ladies, I'm going to assume you were there. Hey, man, so we're just going to assume. All right. So then uh, for those of us that just raised our hand, then everybody then who is a parent and you experienced the birth of a child, I believe it's very safe that we can say today that the birth of a child is not peaceful. <laughs> In fact, it would be the opposite end of the spectrum. It, it, it's not, not a peaceful time. So when we think about and reflect on the birth of Jesus Christ, I don't know why we think that that would be anything any different. The birth of Jesus was not a peaceful time. But thank God, according to the prophet Isaiah, he came to represent peace. Bear with me just a moment. We're going to take kind of another text here, familiar verses, but I want to go to Luke chapter two, verses 11 through 14, because the first portion of scripture that you and I read today, Isaiah was prophesying the birth. So let's fast forward to Luke's gospel, chapter two, and actually read about the birth. Luke two, verse 11 says this today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is the sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Everybody say peace. And on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. In just a moment, you and I are going to transition to some main points in my teaching and preaching today. 
But before we go there, I'd like to talk to you about the opposite of peace today, just for a moment. If you're alive and breathing today, you know what I'm about to share with you is a fact. We wouldn't have to discuss this very long because the fact is you and I live in a world that has a level of chaos elevated to an all-time high. Chaos is all around us. There's fighting and bickering and we read the news or we read the internet or we read the news. I mean, there's chaos on a national level. There's chaos on a world level. And in my lifetime, it's the highest level I've ever seen it. We're living in a world of chaos today. Sometimes that doesn't affect us as coming down to the next level. Because you see, the world being in chaos is not something that you and I are touching every day. We're hearing it and we're seeing it. But the reality is many of us in this place are surrounded by chaos every day. Maybe it's chaos as a result of a workplace or a report you got from the doctor But the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came to bring peace. So it makes sense to you and I that the enemy would step in and try to rob us of that peace. It makes sense that if that's the Lord's intent for you and the Lord's intent for me, it makes sense that the enemy would come and try to rob us and steal that from us. And while there may be turmoil going on in our spirits or in some cases our family or our workplace. And and I know for some the enemy battles you in your mind and and there's no peace there. It's it's worry, fear and depression and and all of that. But I want to declare a couple of things over you today. The Word of God is very clear that our words have power. And I want to speak some things over Covenant Life Assembly today. And I'm going to repeat this phrase multiple times in this message. Because here's what I want to declare for you, for me, and for my family. I want to declare over us today that what's going on around us will not get in us. Praise God. Because there's a lot going on around us. Nationally, worldwide, personally, workplace, bad reports from doctors, financial issues, fears and all that. But thank God the promise of Jesus is He's come to give you and I peace and to give it to us more abundantly. I declare the peace of God and not the turmoil on the throne of our heart today. Do you receive it in Jesus' name? What's going on around us will not get in us in the name of Jesus. It doesn't have place. If the Prince of Peace is on the throne of our heart, chaos can't live there. Because peace and chaos can't occupy the same place. Isaiah prophesied that he would be the Prince of Peace. When he was born, we just read the words, his birth wasn't peaceful, but he came to bring peace to the earth and to bring peace to you and me. I declare peace in our minds and hearts today. And everything, as our pastor mentioned, the holidays, it seems to get hectic and busy and chaotic. But I thank God. 
there's still a peace that passes all understanding that the Lord wants you to walk in and the Lord wants you to live in. What I want to do is take a step back and talk about four peace busters. Four things that I see the enemy trying to bring to the people of God to disrupt our peace. Remember, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give life and give it more abundantly. Peace busters, number one, everybody say, here we go. Number one, peace buster, uncontrollable circumstances. Uncontrollable circumstances. This happened to Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 20 when he said disaster follows disaster. The whole land lies in ruins. In an instant my tents are destroyed and my shelter in a moment. Some things we just can't control. Let me me expound on this just a moment for you, child of God. I want you to understand this because the result that you and I are living in right now Sometimes we reflect back, oh, if I'd have done something different, if I'd have made a different decision, if I would have answered that different. And we have a tendency to beat ourselves up sometimes and blame ourselves. I'm preaching better than you're amening right now. We have a tendency to do that. And we rewind our minds and we think, oh, man, if, if I'd have done something different, it, maybe that wouldn't have But can I just be real with you today? Can I just tell you, friend to friend today, for both you and me, there are absolutely, positively, some things we can't control. It's not our fault. Even if we'd have made a different decision sometime, it's going to happen. Uncontrollable circumstances. Very unfortunate. A man walks into a Baptist church in Sutherland Springs, Texas and just starts shooting, killing people, destroying people's lives. Uncontrollable circumstances. A man takes a gun at a concert in Las Vegas, Nevada and just starts shooting into a crowd, into people that did nothing to that man. Killing people. Altering lives forever. Uncontrollable circumstances. Hurricane canes, tornadoes, flooding. We can't do anything about. Bad reports from doctors, cancer, car wrecks, layoffs. Out of our control. The enemy sends these things. See, we can't do anything about it. A couple of years ago, Diana and I were invited to the country of Haiti. And I was invited to speak at a pastor's conference. And at the invitation that came to me, I was informed there would be about 400 Haitian pastors at this conference. When we accepted the invitation, the leaders of Mission of Hope asked us to come in a day early. They wanted to show us their ministry, walk us through everything they did. And so we did. We went in a day early. And... That day, the first day, they're taking us through their facilities. Just a massive ministry there. God's blessed that mission uh, there. And so we're walking through this huge private school and medical facilities. And and all of these things, that that it, it, it was just amazing. 
So we're, we're walking through and we're looking. And so Diane and I are walking down this hall and the guy that's kind of given us the tour, he just opens up this um, this door and, you know, we look in there and it's kind of an empty room and we're both like, uh, OK, you know, that's an empty room. Uh, you, you're, you're like, OK, we step back out in the hall and he began to share the story with us of why he showed us that particular room. I just want to remind you or inform you, in case you didn't know, that in 2010, Haiti experienced an earthquake in that tiny island. In just a few moments, 270,000 people were killed. Uncontrollable circumstances. So it was explained to us that that particular ministry became a a medical place that the people that were hurting, that that survived, they they started bringing them there to get a medical attention. And 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 so he was telling us about, you know, the, the people that buildings had fallen on. And and the reason why he was sharing that particular room is because two ladies had been brought into that room. A lot of American doctors flew down to Haiti immediately. The doctor that was assigned to that room was a surgeon from Austin, Texas. Two ladies taken in that were in a building, rocks fell on their legs. The doctor went in, looked at them, came back out into the hallway to get a couple of nurses. And he said, there's no way I'm going to be able to save these ladies' legs. And it's very possible they're bleeding so badly I'm not going to be able to save their life. But let's just go in and give it everything we've got. Now, this doctor on a Christian facility, a Christian place, mission of hope, we learned was also an atheist. He didn't even believe in God. So the doctor then, as we're told, turned around and was going back in with nurses to try to save these ladies' lives. He'd already said he can't save their legs. Uncontrollable circumstance. Can't do it. But when he walked back in, he found that these two ladies knew they were going to lose their legs and maybe their lives, had joined hands in that room, and they were singing to the top of their voice, You are awesome in this place, mighty God. Rocks had fallen on their legs. They were probably going to die. But to the top of their voice, you are awesome in this place, mighty God. The doctor worked on them both, and unfortunately, he couldn't save either one of their lives. But as the story is told, the atheist doctor after losing both women, walked back out into the hallway, fell on his knees and accepted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, began to cry out to an almighty God. I reacted way differently to that than you just did. Two months later, after things had calmed, the surgeon from Austin, Texas, flew back to that facility 
brought his wife and two teenage sons, brought them to that room and told the leadership of that mission, I just wanted my family to see the place where I found Jesus. I want to remind you today, covenant life, that in the midst of uncontrollable circumstances, things we cannot control, He's still awesome in this place today. He is still awesome in this I don't know if you're on a mountaintop or if you're in a valley today. I don't know if these are the best days of your life or the worst. But I do know He's awesome in this place today. He is awesome in this place, mighty God. And as they shared that with us, they, they said the doctor also talked about the fact that when he had come out to get the nurses and walked back in, that there, when they were singing that you're awesome in this place, that there was a complete atmosphere shift in that room. So I want you to know, no matter what's going on, if we just continue to declare the awesomeness of God, it will create an atmosphere shift, ladies and gentlemen. And in the midst of hard times, speaking today to people that's lives are less than perfect, listening to a preacher today whose life is less than perfect, one thing we can come together today and, de and determine that in the midst of things that are out of control, you and I have one thing thought and one mind with one voice we can declare he is awesome in this place ladies and gentlemen and even though it might be out of my control there is a peace of God that passes all understanding that's going to help you and I walk through those times of uncontrollable circumstances may the peace of God be with us in the middle of those number two Peace buster number two, unnecessary problems. Unnecessary problems. Proverbs 19.3 says this, A person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. Here's what I'm going to need you to do, ladies and gentlemen. While I preach this point, I'm going to need everybody to smile at me, even if you have to fake it. unnecessary problem. Can I just preach real to you today? Can I just let you know, when I reflect back on some chaos that's come into my life, some turmoil that's come into my life, sometimes, not every time. See if you can relate to this. Come on, don't make me feel like the Lone Ranger today. Can you relate that? Sometimes I can look back on that and you know what? There's no other way to say it. That's on Lynn Wheeler. I did that. I blew. I lost both my A manners that I had. <laughs> I did that. That was my. That's on me. I can't blame anybody. That was a bad decision. That was a wrong choice. That's on me. This is the holiest church I ever preached in. Y'all are holy, huh? Huh? That's sometimes it's nobody else's fault. I look in the mirror. <laughs> then you know this. You see what Proverbs just said? A person's own folly leads to their ruin, yet their heart rages against the Lord. Do you know people like that? They made the bad choice. They made the bad decision, but they'd be blaming God. I just sense I'm having more fun than y'all. I don't know. Huh? 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 They be blaming God. That's what Proverbs said. Unnecessary. 
brought on by myself. I did it. Bad decision. It's like people, you know. I, I know I'm in debt, but I wanted that boat. <laughs> Some of y'all think I lost the anointing now, don't you? <laughs> no, preacher, no, don't go there, no. I know they're not a Christian. I'm going to date them anyway. I'll get them saved. I know I'm not supposed to be eating pizza at midnight. <laughs> Ooh, that one hit home, didn't it? Huh? I felt that here. I know. Tis the season for eggnog lattes, huh? Yeah. I know. It, I tried to make it a little humorous. But am I preaching real today? I, there's sometimes I can't blame nobody else. This chaos, this turmoil is on me. Everybody say, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. That's right. That's right. Come on. We own it today, don't we? Help me, Jesus. Do better about not bringing stuff on myself. Number three. This one will be more fun for you, okay? You're welcome. Praise God. Unbearable people. Do not look around the church, folks. Some of y'all looking around the church. I see you. Unbearable people. Watch this. Psalm 109, verse 3 says this. With words of hatred, they surround me. They attack me without a cause. Truth is, sometimes some people cause me to lose my peace. I'm just here one day, folks. I won't be back next week. Hang in there. All right. Hang in there. All right. Sometimes, you know, I, I'm just really preaching honest today. But, you know, something we've all got those people that we really have to work hard to forgive, don't we? I mean, they lied about us. They said something. I mean, it's really. And, you know, I don't know. But for me, it's like, man, you really pray through it and you reach a place where you're going, oh, praise God. I feel like I got there. That's so wonderful. I wanted to lay hands on them without praying. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. You'll use that next week. I, I wanted to. But you know what? I really prayed through that. I really got through that. And, and I feel good about it. And you know, you're just kind of going along and you're feeling good about the fact you were able to forgive. And then all of a sudden somebody says their name. Help me, Jesus. Help. I thought I had worked that out. I, I'm preaching good. I'm buying my own CD today. How much are they? Huh? 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 I thought I had worked. Am I just preaching to me? I, I, okay. I thought I had got past somebody or I'll see him. Help me, Jesus. And I feel the peace exiting me. I thought I had got through that, but I didn't. It's a journey, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? It's, oh, I wish I could preach to you. Oh, boy, it's instant. And maybe sometimes it is for you in certain cases. But man, it's a journey. But the enemy knows how to bring those things back up just at the right time. Steal, kill, do.
destroyed. But thank God, what's going on around us is not going to get in us in Jesus' name. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Number four, this is my last one. Thanks for not clapping for that. I appreciate I, I really appreciate that. I want you to know. Uncontrollable worry. Uncontro- peace buster. Uncontrollable worry. Proverbs again, chapter 12, verse 25. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. I'm going to go back to the first part of that verse. Anxiety weighs down a heart. Yes, it does. I can preach this firsthand. Anxiety weighs down a heart. And I know that the enemy assigns different things to different people because he knows our weaknesses. And maybe you're here today and maybe you're struggling with chaos in your heart. Maybe for some it's, it's in your mind. I don't know if you struggle. Sometimes I struggle in my mind. I came across this the other day. I can really relate to this. See if you can. My mind is like an internet browser. Nineteen tabs are open, three of them are frozen, and I have no idea where the music's coming from. Huh? It's like, dear Jesus. And my music gets louder when I lay down to go to sleep. It just starts going weird on me. Because I've noticed in my travels, walking through the altars of America, I've noticed asking people, what can I pray with you about? There seems to be a real attack on the minds of God's people in these last days. But people are struggling with worries and fears and depression and anxiety. And so many children I'm praying for, tormented with nightmares every night. There's just so much of that and it brings worry into our minds. Would you watch with me the process that the enemy uses against us? We lay our head down to sleep. Worry is all in our mind. So we can't sleep. When we can't sleep because we're worried about something, it makes us physically exhausted. When we get physically exhausted, it affects us mentally. When you are physically tired, you will be mentally tired. When you get mentally tired, watch this. Now you're physically and mentally exhausted. It's in those moments for me and you. I just can't read my Bible now. I'm just too tired. I just can't pray now. I'm just too tired. And for some people, I just can't go to church this Sunday. I'm, I'm just too... T- Do you see the process that the enemy has used to go from the worry in your mind to affecting you spiritually? Today, I just want all of us, including Lynn Wheeler, I want us to take authority over our minds in the name of Jesus. I declare the peace of God that passes all understanding will control our minds. I speak to uncontrollable worry, and in the name of Jesus, I command it to bow down on the authority of the Word of God. I'm going to rewind. I'm going to close. I feel like, but I want to close with this story. I've got more, and the 
The media booth knows there's a lot more notes there, but I just feel like I'm going to bring this in and we're going to to pray. Let me take you back to the pastor's conference in Haiti that we spoke at. So it's the second day now and there are 400 Haitian pastors there. And my assignment was I'm going to speak in the morning, then we're going to have lunch, and then I'm going to speak two sessions in the afternoon. We're in an open air tabernacle. It's high 90 degrees. They told us that most of the pastors walked five miles in a suit and tie to get there. That doesn't happen to me much in America. I felt good about saying that. Hallelujah. So I'm standing at the back and the worship team is going. This is our first session. Remind you, I'm speaking three sessions that day. And I'm standing at the back and the, the leader walks over to me and, and he says to me, Lynn, I think this is our last song. Why don't you go ahead and kind of make your way up to the front row and, and they're going to turn this to you in just a moment. And so I, I, I picked up my Bible and my notes and I was about to start walking to the front and he put his arm around me. He said, Lynn, I just want to tell you something you, you maybe you don't know. He said, I just want you to know that at least 75% of these pastors that you're about to preach to have no idea how they're going to feed their family tonight. I got to tell you, friends, that caught me off guard. It, it did. In fact, I looked at him. I said, oh, just tell me that again. Say that again to me. He said about 75% they have no idea how they're going to feed their families tonight. Now, friends, I, I've been, been through, you know, a lot in my life. I've needed God to intervene. But I, I will just tell you, maybe you have, but I've never been in a place in my life where I wondered where my next meal was going to come from. Now, maybe you've been there. I, that's just never been a place. But I'm going to tell you, that got into my heart. I thought, my Lord, that they don't even know, you know. And so I got up and I preached that first session. I gave an altar call. Over three-fourths of them came down for prayer. And here's what I wanted to tell you about uncontrollable worry. I'm walking through the altars praying for these pastors. And I keep asking them, what can I pray with you about? And do you know not one time did any of them say, pray with us about finances or pray with us about food? Not once. I didn't hear that one time. Not any of the three sessions did that. Do you know what they wanted constant prayer for? Their families to be saved and revival in their church. That's it. They didn't know I knew. Can I tell you, it affected me more than it affected them. Let me tell you what I learned from 400 Haitian pastors that day. I learned this. That bothered me so bad. But they seemed to be unaffected. Here's what I learned, that if you and I will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything else is going to be taken care of. Oh, do I need that reminder every once in a while? If I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, I will live in peace. No matter what's going on around me, it's not going to get in me. The chaos on the outside will not get in my heart. Say, I receive that. The chaos on the outside will not get in my mind. Say, I receive that. 
I want you to know, friend, every peace buster that the enemy would bring to try to disconnect you and I from the peace of God can be canceled today on the authority of the Word of God. We will walk in peace, live in peace. Our minds will be at peace. Our hearts will be at peace. Our church will be at peace. Peace will be in our homes. Peace will be in our family. Praise God, we're going to live in peace in spite of the attacks of the enemy in Jesus' name. In spite of it, the devil's a liar. He's a father of liars. And what's going on around us will not get in us. Father, thank you for that promise today. Thank you for that promise. Thank you that Isaiah said to the peace of God there would be no end. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that even though you had to go away, you said you were going to leave your peace. We need it today. We need it today. Heads are bowed, please. Eyes are closed. Friends, would you just wait with me in the presence of God just for a moment? Just for a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I have two questions I'd like to ask the church today. First one will be the most important because as a ministry guest, I have no idea where each one of you are spiritually on your walk with the Lord. I have no idea. So let me ask first, because I don't know, is there anyone here and you say, Lynn, I'm, I'm not in right relationship with Jesus. He's not the Lord of my life, not the Savior of my soul. I've got sin in my life and I need to be forgiven today. So, Lynn, would you pray with me, please? Because I, I need forgiveness of sin today. I need to make things right between me and Jesus. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up, identify yourself, make eye contact with me? Thank you, young lady. Thank you. For being honest today. I need to make things right between me and Jesus. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. There's two. There's two. There's two. I'll not prolong. I'm just going to scan across the room one more time. Just to make sure I'm not missing anybody. There's been two today. Would you stand with me, please, all over the church? Would you stand? Would you remain, please, with your heads bowed, eyes closed? Could I ask you, church, could we please just continue right where we are to press into the presence of God? I believe the Lord's moving us to a powerful time. I want to pray a prayer for these two first. Would these two ladies meet me right here? Would you mind? Would you step out and just come and meet me right here? Thank you. Thank you. Just come. I don't know if it's your first time or or maybe you're just coming back to the Lord. We just want you both to come. Come. All over the church, would you bow your heads, please? Close your eyes. We're going to repeat a prayer right now with these two ladies. We call it the sinner's prayer in the church. So I'd like to ask the whole church, not just these two to say out loud would you say dear Jesus I'm a sinner 
I need a Savior. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me, Lord, to do my best to live for you. From this moment on, I declare Jesus is Lord of my life. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to the family of God. It's okay to cry. This is us welcoming you to our family. You can be seated. God bless you. God bless you, ladies. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Church, I'm going to ask you to look at me now. I told you I had two questions. This one, we're not going to bow our head and close our eyes. So I'm assuming now everybody here is saved on your way to heaven. So we just want to face a reality together while we're looking each other eye to eye. And here's the reality. We all got problems and we all need Jesus more than we've ever needed him. Huh? I need him more than I've ever needed him. And today, our focus, our message has been turned toward the fact the enemy's trying to rob us of our peace. Would you please permit me before I turn this service back to your pastor to have a time of prayer with you? Because I know that some of you are experiencing circumstances and situations that have created a lot of turmoil and a lot of chaos in your life. I know the enemy uses different things to different people, but maybe you're not feeling the peace.